0: When I say can you dig it? Put your two hands up like that. Can you dig it? Can, 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 can. Here we go.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Can You Dig It, a podcast by Silverscreenandroll.com. I am Christian Rivas back. From vacation, uh, and even before I went on vacation, Jacob, it had been a little while since we had podcasted because of the all star break. Um, really, because the the the, Lakers were on vacation too.
0: (laughs) I was gonna say the whole podcast, like network, the Lakers (laughs) Silver Screen Roll took a week off. We, uh, we all enjoyed the all star break. We hope you guys enjoyed the all star break. Um, Christians all-star break went a little bit longer than the Lakers, <laughs> but we're back and we're ready for hopefully what will be a long second half because that means we'll be back in the finals, hopefully.
1: I did an interview uh during the all-star break, and it was funny because the person I I did an interview with is also an NBA writer, and I told him, I told him that it was gonna be hard for me to do a phone call because I didn't have any service where I was staying. I I got a spot at the Sequoia National Park for like the last four days that's how I spent my vacation and so for Verizon customers there is zero signal out there I read about the signal problems out there and it said if you have Verizon you will not have any signal in explicit terms I took that as maybe I'll have one bar. I had <laughs> no signal, zero. And uh so we ended up we ended up doing a zoom call. And during the call, I was like, Yeah, I'm just I'm just enjoying like my all-star break uh you know vacation. And he's like, buddy, the all-star break <laughs> ended three days yeah. ago. <laughs> I was like, Yeah,
0: you know. If, it, if i don't see it it's not happening <laughs> which speaking of you did not see the lakers uh, i was going to say since the last since we last podcasted but again nobody podcasted last week but the lakers played on friday so in uh won against the pacers which i don't believe you saw any of did you
1: no i i did not all i saw was i i i very rarely um check my phone while I was out there because God knows I'm on my phone every waking moment I'm up. Uh, and it sounds like you really couldn't, even yeah. if you
0: wanted to. Uh,
1: you know what I was able to see is uh, Eric Lamella's worldie against yes. Arsenal. That's like the first thing I saw when I got signal again this morning and, and started going on Twitter. Like, Oh my God, this is 100% uh Apuska's front runner right now. I don't. I don't know if there's been a goal better than it. Like, uh, without without getting too far off track, Jordi Alba's almost goal uh, in the Copa del Rey semifinal would have rivaled that, but it didn't go in. So Lamella has uh, a, a bit of an edge there. But yeah, that that was crazy. I missed that Svi got traded.
0: Apparently, I was gonna. This, I was about to say this took a hard turn to a soccer podcast. There, for <laughs> I am sorry for you guys that are not soccer fans because there were a lot of words in there that I'm sure you guys did not know. Svee did get traded, which literally you found out about <laughs> like two minutes before we went live. Right. Which, I mean, uh, I watched Svee play on. I'm trying to. They played the Hornets on Thursday, I believe. He started. It was a rough shooting night. Um, he's going to Oklahoma City. I really just want all the I want all the baby Lakers together somewhere. I was kind of joking about this with Harrison and Sabrina. Um, it might have been Thursday as well, but uh, there was like Larry Nance may or may not be available. The Pelicans are a team that have one of a lot of teams that have inquired about him. And I said something that along the lines of, I just want them all together again. Um, just put as many of them as you can on the same team, trade them all to New York. Since Julius is thriving <laughs> there uh, MVP, Julius, yeah, I think he had another triple double yesterday uh, or Saturday when you guys are listening to this. So um, just put them all back together. I mean, the, The Pelicans absolutely routed the Clippers. You love to see it on Sunday night. Lonzo played incredibly well. Ingram played well. Josh Hart played well. Um, I love seeing all those guys um, thrive, basically. So I just want them all on the same team, so it's a lot easier to keep up with them.
1: Listen, I I understand Kyra Lewis is doing his thing with the Pelicans right now. Um, I I didn't watch the Pelicans-Clippers game, but I heard – He looked active, if not good, against the Clippers. Um, But that being said, Alonzo Sweet backcourt would be a lot of fun, (laughs) and I'm all for it. Um, Uh,
0: Shout shout out to Kuzma, who uh, apparently has never watched a single second of Chino Hills because on – you probably missed this as well – Again, Saturday night, I'm trying not to confuse you guys that are listening. Saturday <laughs> night, Kuzma tweeted uh, as LaMelo was playing really, really, really well for the Hornets. He was like, I wonder what a Zoe and LaMelo backcourt would look like. And his <laughs> entire replies were like, Bruh, Chino Hill highlights are on YouTube. <laughs> right. Um, It'd be a lot of fun. I mean, I know Melo obviously isn't a former Laker. Just throw him on that team, too. I mean, <laughs> he's he's enough fun as is. He's from the area. They were supposed to be Lakers. Just throw him there as well.
1: <laughs> that was like uh, the other day I tweeted in jest. Imagine a Kyrie Irving and, and Jason Tatum on the same team. <laughs> It'd be unbeatable.
0: Yeah, that, that would be something like in Kuzma's defense, I do think, in the nba alonzo lamelo backcourt would look really good but the way he tweeted it just set himself up to get a whole bunch of it was just pictures and highlights of like the alonzo and lamelo winning a state <laughs> title in chino hills together
1: yeah i well i think lamelo has shot up at least 6 maybe 7 inches <laughs> since
0: it's hilarious they last I mean, shared a backcourt just go look at his quote tweets or his replies to that, and you'll see the picture of Lonzo and Lamelo. Lamelo looks like he's like eight in that picture. I mean, like, he
1: basically is.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was supposed. He was an eighth grader. However old that it would be, like fourteen, I think, is uh, because he was playing up a year to be on the team with Lonzo. Um So he's like fourteen or so. Uh, he looks about half that. <laughs> so he's grown. I would honestly say it's probably closer to like a foot. <laughs> um, and just he looks older. Maybe it's something to do. He got rid of that. Whatever that hairdo he had forever was. He got rid of that. Um, and I guess just growing a foot makes you not look as baby faced in general.
1: Going back to Kuzma for a second. Yeah. Um... As the resident Kuz stan at Silver Screen and Roll, I was delighted to see Kuz's stat line. I haven't even watched the highlights yet. So, you know, what a stan I am. But um, it, it looked like he had a good game. I heard Alex Caruso got a
0: concussion.
1: Um, and beyond that, what did what did I miss?
0: I'm going to ask you an important question. It's I'm really honestly, I need to apologize to everyone that it's this deep into the first podcast since it happened and we haven't mentioned it. Did you see any Kyle Kuzma quotes after the game?
1: Oh. <laughs> I, I did. Yeah. And even I, if I didn't, I don't think
0: we could say that quote on the podcast. I was going, I was like quickly looking up how to direct them towards <laughs> uh, what Kuzma said. Um, and, A way only Kuzma could, he described his fourth quarter on Friday. He was, I mean, the eye test matched the the box score. I think, uh, well, I can tell you right now. I can sort it. He did a bunch, most of his scoring in the fourth quarter. Um, He had 15 of his 24 in the fourth. He was incredible in the fourth quarter. Um, That was a, the Pacers are... As, cur- as the Pacers are currently constructed and as the Lakers are currently constructed, that was a tough matchup because the Pacers have Miles Turner and Sabonis. Right. And the Lakers have Damian Jones and Montrez Harrell. And that is the entirety of their front court right now. Well, Keefe, excuse me. But Keefe only played 19 minutes. Um, so, uh, that was a impressive win, I thought. Especially, as you said, they lost Caruso. that looked rough. I don't know if you actually saw the concu how he got it.
1: I did not. I so a confession. I typed in Alex Caruso concussion on Twitter and I yielded no videos.
0: <laughs> it I mean fair enough. He was he went diving after a ball, um, a loose ball. He was sliding on his butt and hit I don't know what pacer player it was and his head just kind of bounced off the floor. Um, you could tell pretty much right away that it, it was not good. Um, he's in concussion protocol, whatever the the uh, the phrasing is. I know the Lakers announced on Sunday. Um, hopefully he's back soon. But, yeah, I mean, the main takeaways from that Pacer game were Kyle Kuzma was good. Trez looked um, back to his former self. He was 8 of 11. And they really, I don't want to say they did it in spite of LeBron and Schroeder, um, but those two only shot eight of 24 um, overall, and uh, they still won the game despite being undermanned. So, um, yeah, I thought it was an impressive win. Shout out to the Pacers for literally they had the ball with a chance to tie the game with, I want to say like eight seconds left somewhere around there and literally just threw the ball to KCP. Um, they had 9.9, or excuse me, 8.5 seconds left, inbounded the ball and just threw it right to KCP. He made both free throws and that was that. So uh, it was an impressive win. They're going to still have to grind out some of these games because they're just undermanned right now. Um, It's not going to really be any prettier for the foreseeable future. Um, I mean, there's also the news that AD isn't coming back um, at least for another two weeks Um, and that, uh, but he is in, I, they, they worded it. He's in the return to play phase, but uh, he's not going to be back for two weeks, which as we've said before, I think you agree with me on this. Just take your time, get him healthy. Yeah. Um, wh- however long it takes, and then uh, we can go from there. But uh, it it's not going to be any prettier. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, it's not a decision they have to make necessarily soon, but. Um, with how short-handed they are, Damian Jones might be a right place, right time signing, and he might get signed for the rest of the year, just because the Lakers don't have many bodies in the front court.
1: Yeah, I I think the report that two-way players are going to be eligible for the postseason may change that a little bit. And I mean, and by that time, Anthony Davis will hopefully be healthy. Um, on Wood, yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I, I think so. We got we got the news that Anthony Davis is going to be out at least two more weeks. Marcus All is going to be out another two games. Uh, the same apparently is true of, of Kosas and Antakumpo. The biggest news that came out on Sunday was the fact that Jared Dudley tore uh, his MCL. Yeah, which what. We're not going to speculate on the severity of the injury yet because we don't know. It hasn't been laid out in explicit terms exactly what that means, but the fact that they didn't specify a grade or a partial tear of the MCL would lead one to believe that Jared Dudley just straight up tore his ACL. I haven't – or MCL. Um, I haven't seen anybody – Report otherwise. Um, the fact that he's evaluating his treatment options suggests that it, it will probably have to be surgically repaired. Um, so D- it, for all we know, or our, our best guess is that Dudley's out for the season, as is the case for MCL tears. The Lakers missed the deadline to apply for that disabled player exception, that was on March 3rd. Um, the good news for them, I guess, is that the difference between their what they would have gotten for with a disabled player exception, which is half of what a, the player is making that season, that, that half of their average salary. For Jared Dudley, that's the veteran's minimum, so you know they, they weren't going to be competing with. <laughs> Any teams, uh, any heavy hitters for, you know, guys like Andre Drummond that are expected to hit the buyout market. So uh, that was a non-starter to begin with. The bad news is I I don't know how much room they have under the hard cap to sign three veterans minimum players. Like we might be looking at a scenario where Jared Dudley stays on the roster just because they can't sign anybody else. I think – in in any other circumstance, like we saw last season, the Lakers cut ties with Demarcus Cousins. Uh, Seem to like him, like having him in the locker room. Maybe Jared Dudley is a, a better version of that. Maybe they really, really value uh, what he brings to the locker room, and the fact that they brought him back in spite of him not playing much last season, I think is indicative of that. Uh, but if if this were any other season, with, with the position that the Lakers are in. Uh, and, you know, if, if the things were different financially, I could totally see them cutting ties with Jared Dudley for somebody who's actually going to give them minutes. I do not see that happening uh, with, with the numbers crunch they have under the, under the hard cap.
0: Yeah, my first thought when I saw the news, well, one of my first thoughts is that I didn't think that they were going to cut him mainly for the reasons you laid out. I just don't think they can. Um, I don't think that they can, I mean, I don't know the math. I know the math was really tight for them to really even be able to afford to sign a veteran minimum guy. Um, they obviously had to, I don't remember what the date specifically was, but they had to wait to a certain date just because they were hard capped. Um, so, I mean, they already have, they already cut waved Quinn cook. So they already have the roster space available between just the the money side of it. And as well, as you mentioned, I mean, he's a good veteran. The guys seem to respect him, LeBron and AD specifically. Um, he's somebody worth keeping around in that regard. Um, so I think ultimately he probably stays on and just stays around the team through his, Um, treatment the the way it's phrased he's evaluating his treatment options makes me think that the first opinion was surgery to repair it that ended the season and he's looking for other opinions to see if he can find a way to play on it basically and get surgery after the season that's just me kind of reading into it. I don't right. know necessarily that that's true, but um, I'm sure he's trying everything he can to be able to be on the court because honestly, the, he probably doesn't have many seasons left. This may be it. He's 35 years old. He's missed a he missed a chunk of games this year with a calf injury, um, so he probably doesn't have many years left anyway. So, um, and the Lakers need big. Bodies for all the reasons we just mentioned. Um, so as much as it seems like he wants to be out there, I, I, it just hopefully he can. Um, but I think he probably stays with the team just because of the numbers crunch. Um, I, I also don't really know, um, if Damian Jones is signed to a two way, um, which I think might be likely with all due respect to Kostas. um, I don't think there's going to be anything happening there. He's had a couple years with the Lakers now, and it doesn't seem like there's really any notable improvements. Um, And especially with how short man, the Lakers are, they need that roster spot for somebody that can contribute. So I could see them signing Damian Jones to that two way, which would allow him to be eligible for the playoffs and then signing one of the buyout guys, whether it's Drummond, whatever names are going to be thrown out there, Otto Porter, um, whoever it ends up being sign one of those guys to the open roster spots um, is ultimately how I see it probably playing out. And then Dudley just staying on the roster because I I don't really know that they could, they have the room for that many, Uh, buyout guys anyway, Um, there aren't a ton of holes in the rotation, and the only holes that are there now are there because of injury. So when AD and Gasol get back, like Damian Jones is probably not going to see the court anymore. Um, So I don't really know how much you need those guys long term, but in the short term, you just need bodies on the court.
1: Jacob, I'm going to be completely honest with you, and I'm going to give you all the props right now. When I when I brought up the fact that two-way players could be eligible for the postseason, I wasn't even thinking Damian Jones.
0: Um, yeah, that's what I thought you were. I, I was going <laughs> to give you credit for it. No, that, that's what I thought. It, it, it's I'm a little surprised that they haven't went to Devontae Kaycock either, just as another body. I mean, they might have to. Maybe they don't re-sign Damian Jones, and maybe they give Kaycock some run. Um, I don't know when his 10-day is up. I don't know specifically when he signed officially his other 10-day contract because you can only sign two. Um, So I'm looking at it now. It was March 11th that it was reported he would sign a second 10-day contract. So you're looking at um, around the 21st or so, uh, which... They have five more games between now and then, so I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how the timeline works out. Uh, maybe Gasol's back by then, but, yeah, that's a, that's what I thought you were referencing. We'll, we'll pretend to give each other credit on that. I could see them signing <laughs> Damian Jones to one of those two-way spots.
1: Yeah, I, I think that is a brilliant idea. Again, all due respect to Kosas, but Giannis signed his, his extension. <laughs> I mean, I
0: I was kind (laughs) of beating around the bush, but that always felt like why he was here. Uh, You got the ring before Giannis did. You'll have that to hang over him. Um, It seemed like he was a fun guy to be around the locker room. But as I said, they need guys that can actually contribute on the floor. And Costas is a long way from that. Even still, I don't know that he'll ever be at that level.
1: Yeah. The other other bit of good news for the Lakers is the depth they have at the four, right? Even even without Jared Dudley, you have Anthony Davis, who, you know, despite the fact that he hasn't played in a while, I think is pretty good. That's just my opinion. Um, Kyle Kuzma obviously is is having his best season since his rookie season and honestly his best season ever. I was ready right to say, yeah. I'd
0: make the argument that this is better than his rookie season.
1: Yeah, he he has he's played phenomenally. Uh, I've really enjoyed watching him play this season. I'm bummed I missed uh, Friday's game, but nevertheless, Kyle Kuzma, Markeith Morris, who was having trouble cracking the rotation as is, which is you know, part of the reason, or not not part of the reason Jared Dudley wasn't playing. Jared Dudley wasn't wasn't going to play, <laughs> like re- regardless. Um, he, he had a little playing time because of the fact that AD's injured and uh, Marcus All being injured. but yeah, Dud's great locker room guy Don't know how much he has left in the tank on the court. Um, so yeah that, that that's the good news for the Lakers. If they have to roll into the postseason with what will ultimately end up being a 16 man roster, 14 guaranteed contracts, two two-way contracts. One of one being Damian Jones would be incredible. Um, and if that's the case, I think they're going to be fine. What they are going to do with their final two roster spots remains to be seen. Uh, but I think given their the timing of the Damian Jones 10-day contract, I think they're going to wait until after the trade deadline to sort that out. We're going to take a quick break and then uh, we will talk more Lakers basketball. And we are back, and <laughs> I think we, I think we have some breaking news <laughs> from Jacob. We're
0: gonna, we're gonna break news <laughs> that we already wrote. So I wasn't sure on the rules. What I realized as I said that Damian Jones thing, there's probably a reason nobody else had said it. <laughs> Um, so I looked it up while you were talking at the end of that. And then during the break, Damian Jones can't sign a two way contract. Um, yeah, so I am deeply (laughs) sorry for getting your hopes up for that last segment, but so the rule is, um, only players with three or fewer years of service can sign two way contracts and Damian Jones is in his fifth year. So, I mean, just simply put, he's not eligible to sign a two way contract.
1: So, okay, my understanding of the rules, and I think this was the case when two-way contracts were introduced in, in God, what was it, 2017? Um, is that it was players with four years or fewer experience. Um, I thought Damian Jones was in, in his fourth year, which is why I jumped on that train without <laughs> even second-guessing it. But I'm glad you cleared that up. Um, but since you cleared that up let's let's end the show by going into this because I do think it is worth talking about even if the Lakers aren't going to fill out that final roster spot just yet assuming Damian Jones gets that final roster spot which I think happens if Andre Drummond doesn't sign with the Lakers as a free agent I think that's pretty likely call me a pessimist but the fact that the Nets have their disabled player exception and a glaring hole at center, I think that'll probably go to him. Um, assuming Damian Jones gets that spot, I am very, very, very interested to see what the Lakers do with that last spot. And I, I think when when people have talked about that last roster spot and them wanting to wait past the NBA trade deadline, it's been widely talked about as the Lakers are going to see who's bought out after the trade deadline. I haven't seen a lot of people talk about the, the possibility or, or the reasoning for waiting past the trade deadline is because the Lakers don't know what their roster is going to look like past the trade deadline. I don't think the Lakers are going to make an earth shattering move. Um, Cause they, they just don't have the contracts for it. However, Alfonso McKinney in a second round pick, I think, can get you a better player than Alfonso McKinney. For example,
0: uh, yeah.
1: uh Wayne Ellington, a um, you know, Harry, Harry Giles the third. And I I'm not even confident Harry Giles the third is, is a better player than Alfonso McKinney, uh, but somebody that will at least play more on this team. I'm no, I, I wouldn't say I would guarantee the Lakers make a trade before the trade deadline. Cause I don't think that's the case. I just think given the holes on this roster, particularly as it pertains to depth on the wing and uh three point shooting, I'd say it's far more likely that they make a trade this year than it was this time last year.
0: Wayne Ellington's interesting. Again, I watched Detroit play <clears throat> on Thursday, um, he's still the gunner. He always was even when, I mean, it's been a long time since he's been a Laker, even though he, um, has been rumored to the Lakers. Seems like ever since he left 2014, 15, that was even longer than I realized. Um, he played 65 games for the Lakers and damn near averaged a career high in points. Um, those are really bad Laker teams, obviously. Um, he is shooting forty-two percent from three this season and twenty-three minutes a game. Um he'd be an interesting one to go after. I don't I mean, the the Pistons just sent away a second round pick to get Hamadou Diallo. So I don't maybe they're in the market for second round picks now. And you attach one with Alfonso McKinney. Um, to get Ellington. I don't know how much other value he would have. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. I'm assuming, I mean, I know you live on the trade machine, so I'm assuming that trade works out. (laughs) Correct. Financially. So, um, I mean, on paper, that makes sense. That fits a need for the Lakers. I think shooting is probably the thing they need to address the most, um, even more so than a big man. I think a lot of the talk about the Lakers' need for a big is kind of reactionary.
1: Yeah,
0: 100%. um, Because, I mean, again, just think back to the playoffs. Because, like, Dwight and JaVale had the first round series against a really weird Blazers team. And then like a few, I mean, Dwight mainly after the first round series, JaVale just was kind of useless with all due respect, other than his vlogs. His vlogs are incredible. (laughs) Um, But Dwight had a few games here and there where he turned into the Batman and was yelling about the Joker to Jokic. And outside of that, he really didn't do a whole lot. So, I mean, I don't see this huge need to go find an Andre Drummond, um, a JaVale if he becomes available through a third team or something, guys like that, because ultimately you're getting a guy that might help in one series. And then, I mean, Dwight and JaVale were – cheerleaders for 75% of the playoffs last year. Um,
1: The finals, especially.
0: Yeah. They, I mean, Dwight played a little bit, but when it really mattered, Dwight was benched and JaVale never played. I don't think ever played in the finals until that, the very end of that last game. Um, I mean, you have Gasol and you have AD. That's your center rotation in the playoffs with maybe some Keefe minutes mixed in. Um, but that's it. So I don't really see this huge need to go get a big man. I mean, obviously, as we discussed quite a bit, they need one right now, but they need one simply because they just don't have bodies. Yeah. Um, shooting on the other hand, you could never have too much of, um, so I see that as a bigger need, whether it's a Wayne Ellington, whether it's more of a forward, like, a. I mean, Otto Porter, I know, was a name that was mentioned as a potential buyout. I don't know if he's going to be bought out. I would honestly be a lot more interested in Otto Porter than I would be Andre Drummond. Absolutely. Um, Could not be more. Or somebody along those lines. I Again, I haven't looked too deeply into the buyout market um, and who might be available. But to me, I think, and I think the Lakers will focus more on shooting and getting... um like I said, you can never put too many shooters around LeBron in A D. If you get guys like Ellington, um it, it'll it'll help immensely. And I think we'll have I can see scenarios where Wayne Ellington is playing, even if it's just spot minutes, playing spot minutes in playoff series, um more so than I can see a third center basically playing in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I, I I think you nailed it there. Um listen, I I think it a a center that can catch lobs be more of a rim protector in the in the same way that Javale and Dwight is or are uh and were last season is more of a luxury than it is a necessity. I I would not be mad if Damian Jones got one of the roster spots, but by no means do I think that it, it, is that the the biggest need on this year's team. Um for that reason I, I won't be crushed if if the Nets sign Andre Drummond. You know, maybe I'll be more hurt that they got stronger and and uh, they're you know viewed as the Lakers' biggest competition for the title. Maybe I'll be upset in in that sense. But even then, I think, um, you know, we've talked about it quite a bit on on this show. But ultimately, the closing lineup, I think, is going to look almost identical to how it did in the playoffs last season. Um, With with the exception of, I, I think Kyle Kuzma has solidified his spot in that closing lineup. It's not who plays better between Markeith Morris and Kyle Kuzma. It's Kyle Kuzma. I think it's pretty clearly at this point in the season. It is, but I, the real debate for me at this point is whoever's playing better between Alex Crusoe and Dennis Schroeder. Um, or honestly, even Dennis Schroeder and Contavious Caldwell Pope. Um,
0: yeah, I was going to say, I was trying to think how the guards. I don't know. I mean, Schroeder's been really good, probably better than I anticipated, honestly. Um, I don't know if it's enough to lock down a spot. It, it, it's it's interesting. Um, the Lakers are so kind of versatile, flexible, that there's a couple of different ways they can go. Yeah. I do agree that Kuzma's probably locked down one of those spots. Um, and then basically you can just pick whatever guards are playing best. I would say it probably heavily leans. Actually, I don't know. I mean, it's not a bad thing to have KCP Caruso and Schroeder all playing really well. I think yeah. <laughs> um, it's certainly a good problem to have. So um, I don't know how that would look. Look, I was just looking as well, and I had I forgot. Um, PJ Tucker is going to be the other interesting name. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know a couple weeks ago you you proposed that basically Montress Harrell for P.J. Tucker trade. I didn't really know then how I felt about it, and I don't really know now how I feel about it.
1: Neither do I.
0: Um, <laughs> it, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I think P.J. Tucker is a more, I don't want to say traditional fit, but a more... I mean, I guess in a sense, kind of traditional with how we view small ball, like he, he is a, um, a, a more common fit, I guess, next to LeBron and AD and kind of the small ball era than Trez is. Um, and honestly, if they traded for him, I would almost say he would have a spot locked down in that closing lineup. I'm,
1: I'm really high on PJ Tucker. That is well. Okay. Uh, usually, I'd agree with you. I think he's been god awful this season. But in his defense, <laughs> not that James Harden was <laughs> god awful, but <laughs> it doesn't seem uh, like anybody's playing to
0: their full potential with that Rockets team. I'm I'm gonna look real quick. Uh, I saw the the tweet earlier tonight. When do you think the Rockets last won a basketball game?
1: Ooh, I oh god. <laughs> so I know they were on a losing streak. Before I went on vacation, I imagine they played at least one game since. Oh no! But that question <laughs> is is very leading. So I'm I'm guessing. Hold on, hold on. Math, math, math. What what? Are they, Lana, fifteen game losing streak.
0: Believe it stretched to sixteen games. On oh no, it's <laughs> really bad. They last won a basketball game on February fourth. Um. I am not going to hold anybody's play in Houston against them right now. Um, I have been high on P.J. Tucker. I mean, I'm, I am I will basically go down with this ship. I was high on him in the offseason. And, I mean, I never knew Kuzma was going to play like this. I proposed a trade around Kuzma and P.J. Tucker if the Lakers didn't think they could work out a extension for Kuzma. Um, I just think, I mean, I've said this before, so I won't go too much. We just kind of have this idea of P.J. Tucker as like a small ball center because he was asked to do that in that weird Rockets team. I think as a 3 and D three and D guy, um, he would fit a role that the Lakers don't really have any of and kind of those uh, things kind of that three, four wing player type that can knock down threes. Um, I would certainly feel a whole lot better coming up against the Clippers if P.J. Tucker was on the roster. Yeah. Um, And that's how I view a lot of these uh, acquisitions because I still see the Clippers as the toughest team to beat in the West. Um, I think the Nets are a whole other juggernaut of their own. I haven't really thought too much about that, but – I kind of weigh a lot of these acquisitions on how they would help in a series against the Clippers. And I would feel a lot better with PJ Tucker on the roster. Um, But I don't know because the the Clippers aren't good at defending the paint. (laughs) And that's where Montrezl Harrell will live. Can you imagine a seven game series for Montrezl Harrell where he gets to go up against a Clipper team that, he feels disrespected him, like that man would, that would be, even by his standards, just insane energy he would bring every night. (laughs) Like I can only imagine what he would be like in a series like that. Um, So again, as I started this kind of talk about P.J. Tucker, I still have no idea whether I would do that trade or not it very much feels like a trade you make. And then everybody in hindsight says, Oh, they shouldn't have done that. Or "Oh, that was the greatest trade ever. I still have absolutely no idea whether you make that trade. I don't think there is like an objective answer to that. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, in an ideal world, Houston just can't figure out any kind of trade. They buy him out and he just comes to the Lakers for free. Uh, I don't foresee that happening. I think P.J. Tucker has value. Yeah, 100%. And somebody will trade for him. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see if they explore that trade and whether the Rockets are interested. I don't know. I feel like the Lakers would probably have to include something else of value in that trade because otherwise you're trading an expiring for an expiring. and um, I don't otherwise know why the Rockets would do that when they are fully – and truly out of the playoff race now.
1: Yeah, I, I think, I I don't know if we have talked about it. I know we've talked about it in, like, our private conversations, but the tricky thing with finding a trade for Montrezl Harrell is you have to trade him to a team that's going to have cap space because no team's going to have his full bird rights because he only signed um, a one-plus-one deal with the Lakers, so... Uh, That's the biggest issue. We have another podcast one more week to talk about trades. And then if you can believe it, the trade deadline will be upon us. Um, Maybe we'll have a trade before then. That would be nuts. I don't anticipate that will happen. But in the event that it does, uh, we will hopefully have something to talk about until then. Jacob, do you have any predictions for the Lakers game against the Warriors on Monday?
0: It'll be fun. I, I, hot take. Steph is a lot of fun to watch. So <laughs> it's a couple fun games because Anthony Edwards is playing well, and then you get Lamelo Ball on Thursday. So it's a fun week of games at least coming up uh, for the Lakers.
1: Yeah, it, Steph and Juan Toscano-Anderson, and JTA. You joke Steph's teammate. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun one. Um, and we hope you guys will tune in again next week. When uh, Jacob, I'm letting you know now um, we usually put together what we're going to talk about in the show, maybe an hour before I'm letting you know a week in advance. If the Lakers don't make a trade by next Sunday, (laughs) I will have a list of trades for you to say yes or no to I'm telling you now mentally prepare for it.
0: I'm ready for it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, We will catch you guys all next week.